Hello. Hi. So, Logan and I are just assuming this is the start of a whole other episode. Technically, probably a part two. Because <laughs> 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 we know ourselves at this point. So, even though we yeah. said in the last ending that we're not sure if it would be combined, knowing us, it's going to be broken out anyway. So... Well, we just got yeah. to thinking after we finished that little transition that there's a lot to talk about with PD, so... Mm-hmm. It's 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 going to be its own episode, so... Just, even yeah. though we sound we sounded probably confused and unsure, we're literally two minutes later, we're sure. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we start with Med, which Med hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, that the call coming into the ED yep. which yep. was the um, child on the bike hit by a car that was going 35 miles per hour mm-hmm. and then it twist it turns out the driver of the car is Miss Goodwin mm-hmm. which which when we, we saw the promo oh it looked sus- like sus- like suspect like it looked like yeah we had no idea otherwise than uh, we had no idea other than Sharon hitting her car uh, against the child and no, no idea of anything that had gone on otherwise. Yeah. Um, so that's how the episode starts. Like, I mean, bam. Mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy. So we start with that. And then sort of something sort of surprising to me was that we found out that uh, Sharon and Bert, like, aren't, are on, like, sort of shaky, weird terms. Mm-hmm. Which the last time we saw them, I was pretty sure they made peace. So I was like, what? What happened? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's been weird back and forth. We've just seen him so little that it's yeah. just been hard to point pinpoint anything exactly. So I think, I'm trying to remember what they said in the episode happened between them, and I, I may not have heard it completely. It's, um, it's that I thought Sharon just wanted to be, he probably wanted more, I think. That's what I was thinking, that he wanted to, like, mm-hmm. sort of rekindle the relationship, uh-huh. and she didn't. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. So it was just awkward. Yeah. Not so much like there was tension or like, you know, don't. resentment there. It was just awkward. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, she would, I don't blame Sharon out for everything that had happened with her and Bert. Yeah. Well, she did. She, I think she'll always love him, obviously, as the father of her children. It's just sometimes you don't, you just want that companion. You don't want to necessarily move forward anymore with that. So. Right. Well, you know, especially the way they're marriage ended to begin with is sort mm-hmm. of I would think mm-hmm. still sort of traumatic mm-hmm. because he just up and decided I don't want to be in this marriage anymore which mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. I mean for me I'd always think are you just going to up and decide that again yeah yeah so I can I can understand mm-hmm. um but then so if we keep going with the Sharon plot mm-hmm. basically this episode was sort of different I thought it was interesting because usually the doctors are spinning out, and Sharon's the one sort of like, no, you need mm-hmm. to keep a distance from this. You need to stay back. You know, it's like, like, do we need to? We can't involve the hospital ethics board again, <laughs> right? Right. And, but this time it was Sharon in that situation, and Ethan was the one like, no, you need to like distance yourself from this. Like, you like, what day of the leap year is is this occurring it, on for it to be like switch day? It was basically. weird, it was. but I kind of liked it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt so bad for Sharon because they make it clear from oh. the beginning that it, it's not really her fault. Exactly. Like, she couldn't have seen him coming. It was dark. He was on his bike alone at night without a wearing and not wearing a helmet. 
Well, and it's like Sharon said, she was only driving at 35 miles per hour. So it wasn't even fast, but obviously still when you're talking about hitting a pedestrian well, yeah. of any sort, that's fast. But it's just, that's where I'm really glad they cleared that up very quickly mm-hmm. that it's that, like, cause the, like I said, the promo made it seem like there was maybe suspicion surrounding Sharon, but it, they lay it out incredibly quickly that it was literally. Yeah. I mean, even the cops, like re- almost as soon as the episode started, were like, yeah. you weren't at fault. You yeah. know, like, so they, they made it very clear. Yeah in the episode yeah. that like it wasn't on Sharon mm-hmm. and of course she's still going to feel guilt over it, but like oh, absolutely. technically within the bounds of the law, mm-hmm. it wasn't on Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it becomes about Sharon just trying to help this boy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they, they find out pretty early on that his mom is a single mom that works nights Mm-hmm. Um, she has two boys that she has to, you know, find a way to take care of mm-hmm. while she's doing this. And when you first meet the mom, like when Ethan first meets the mom, immediately I got this impression of like, oh, this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, like one of the first things she says is whoever did this is going to pay. And I'm like, mm-hmm. which that's also I hate to keep referencing the promo, but I was very interested when we saw, we saw the promo after night, like the 12th episode of like this they're like going for full drama and really it kind of didn't go to as much as the promo obviously made it seem like it was gonna yeah be. well the promos are always going to be more dramatic than mm-hmm. the actual episode because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. want you to tune in so they're like yeah look at absolutely. this terrible thing that happens absolutely they go for the yeah but um basically uh there's this boy needs a procedure that's very very risky because it's, it's um, because of, as a result of from the car accident, he has like this aneurysm yeah. forming in his head. So and... there's two options. There's like a, a surgery treatment and then there's another treatment. The surgery treatment has like a high mortality rate mm-hmm. and then the other one doesn't. But the mom doesn't want to do the other one because it risks him being, it sounds like disabled, like for, well, for the is... rest of his life. And she doesn't really have the capacity yeah. mm-hmm. to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So the surgery even though it has a higher mortality rate, has more of a chance of him making a full recovering, full making yeah. a full recovery. So she opts to go with that. Well, when Ethan tells Sharon that, Sharon does not feel like that's the best decision because mm-hmm. she wants the best outcome mm-hmm. for the boy. She doesn't want him to die. Mm-hmm. And so Ethan tries to tell her, like, this was a hard decision for this mom to make. I'm not going to bring mm-hmm. it up again. I'm not going to push it. She's mm-hmm. made her decision. We're accepting it, which mm-hmm. is normally what Sharon says to people. I know. Um, <laughs> but Sharon just can't accept that. And nope. I think because she feels so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes up and tries to talk to the mom. And it seems to be going okay yeah. until she confesses, hey, I'm the person that hit your son. And then it's uh-huh. like switch flipped. Uh-huh. You know, just it became an all out like screaming match in the middle of the hospital mm-hmm. um, on the part of the mom. Oh. And so Ethan kind of had to get in the middle of it. And um, yeah, it got very messy. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that also leads to her like talking to Bert and Bert's like, you know what? He's trying, he's trying to be like a caretaker sort of. Cause he's like, no, you need a lawyer and you need to do this and mm-hmm. you don't want to be sued. And so you don't need to talk to the mom and mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And Sharon just like, don't, I don't, want to hear any of that mm-hmm. um and gets kind of mad at him and and accuses him and i love that she was basically accused him of being a husband because he's not really her husband anymore so he yeah. shouldn't yeah. but she's like you're you're being a husband right now and i don't need that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um 
Because Sharon's a strong, independent so, woman. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, the um, operation, they do the operation. Mm-hmm. And it's a success. It's a success. It goes great. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's exactly what they wanted it to be. Um, and then also Sharon and Bert sort of talk it out. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I was being a husband. You don't need that. I'm here to support you no matter what you decide. So you mm-hmm. figure out what you want to do. And I'm here. And that all wrapped up that way, which was nice. But then this was the part that I really loved about this. Um, Sharon found out that social services was coming. Basically take the boys from the mom. Mm-hmm. because she was working at night and leaving them home unattended mm-hmm. and you know it was basically neglect so mm-hmm. but she asked Ethan she's like does the mom know that they're coming yet mm-hmm. um, he said no and she's like okay can you hold them off for me just for a moment and Ethan's like what? Uh, do I really mm-hmm. she's like do it just do it and she goes up there to talk to the mom and I love this because this really Sharon Goodwin is a very merciful sort of um caring generous of spirit character and this really showcased that Mm -hmm. she goes up there to talk to the mom and and she knows from being a working mom that it's hard even if you have help um Mm -hmm. and you know this woman is trying her best to support these two boys on her own so she's Mm -hmm. working the job that she has as hard as she can and it doesn't allow her to really be able to afford the type of child care that she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not, you can't really blame her for that. She's doing the best that she can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sharon, it starts out real tense because the mom's like, are you going to tell me what to do again? And she's like, no, no, I'm actually just here to offer you a job. So she offers her a job as like a day shift, basically like a custodian mm-hmm. um, at the hospital. And that's just so she can work while her kids are in school. Mm-hmm. And that way she can take care of them after mm-hmm. work instead of having to worry about, you know, how they're mm-hmm. doing at home by themselves at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like just a really, a really nice gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, considering that the, it, things had been tense between her and that mom and there was the potential for her being sued you know, and it, there's a million all... ways that could have gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. And so the fact that Sharon was just kind of like, you know what? None of that matters. Mm-hmm. What matters is that we help this family and mm-hmm. this is how we're going to help this family. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she did it, no matter what the consequences might've been, if the mother hadn't accepted it, if she, you know, somehow gotten offended by that, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sharon had to offer it. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. And the, the speech she gives her about, you know, understanding how hard it is. Um, you know, and understanding that, like, it's not always a matter of who's at fault in things mm-hmm. because life is messy and complicated. And mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. you can do your best and it's not enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just, I really, that stood out to me in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just a great resolution mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was Sharon's plot, which was like the big plot of mm-hmm. the episode. Yeah. Um, I would say, I think we kind of know what we're going to say for last of talking about it. Um, but I, uh, an important one I do want to point out is um, Maggie's storyline. Um, yes. She was so smooth. Like in the beginning, what? like when she showed up, like she volunteered for that, like resident, whatever, what it was. Like resident called. fair. Like something like that. Yeah. And um, 
on her way there, she bumps into this girl. Yeah, Vanessa. And they start talking, and it just seems like a normal conversation for a lot of the time. Oh, she planted herself there. Yeah, she totally... It it felt so natural and so organic, and it wasn't uh like... It didn't feel like she was trying to, like... Not at all. ...secretly meet someone until the end when Vanessa walks away and you sort of see Maggie's face. Then you're like, Mm -hmm. that's her daughter. Uh There it is. Uh Um, And so that's... I was a really nice moment later on when she went to talk to Dr. Charles about it. Mm-hmm. She sort of tells him, you know, that she gave up a baby when she was 16. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I love, this is one of the reasons I love Maggie. Because most of the time on television in that situation, they have the character like, now that I've met her, I have to know more. Mm-hmm. But Maggie's like, you know what? I met her. She's safe. She's thriving. She's happy. She's got a good life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to disrupt that. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And like I've done that, my job. Yeah, that is that is the best way that I have ever seen that written because it's really at that point not up to Maggie to interfere in her daughter's life. Mm-hmm. Like she, as hard as it was, she did give away her parental rights. Mm-hmm. This person is a fully formed adult. Mm-hmm. They have their own life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be selfish mm-hmm. to insert yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. And Maggie is the type of self selfless, caring, caregiver type of character that mm-hmm. she recognizes that. And that's mm-hmm. her first priority. She just wanted to know that her daughter had a successful life mm-hmm. and was loved and taken care of and, and felt mm-hmm. good about where she was in her life. And she mm-hmm. knows that now. So she doesn't need to know anything else. Um, although I do wonder if the part of the end of that is going to come back to get her at a certain point. I, I do think so, because obviously from that point, she, she was like, she made peace with it. She's never going to intentionally seek her out ever again until the one doctor, the one doctor at uh, the Gaffney Medical Center is like, so we're going to start choosing candidates from that kind of fair. And who, you talk to this one girl apparently named Vanessa. And so what do you think about her as a potential resident here? And Maggie's like, Oh, she's lovely. You mean she already d- does so many wonderful things? Yeah. So. And to be fair, it was a true opinion. Like nothing yeah. she said was mm-hmm. false. Um, I mean everything was true. She did give a very glowing opinion of Vanessa, mm-hmm. but from everything we've heard about Vanessa, she does deserve that praise. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like Maggie um, said, she was already publishing articles in medical journals. It seems so. It's, yeah. She was already doing it all so well. Right. And so she is a good candidate. So it mm-hmm. wasn't a dishonest opinion. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking that, that it's going to be misconstrued. Oh, no, exactly. That's what I mean. So it's like, it's, it, yeah. knowing everything at that point, she has made no mention. But I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's only her knowing any of it right now with the exception of right. Dr. Well, Charles. Dr. Charles and, and yeah. Sharon. Yeah. So, you know, those two people know, but it's not like, it's not. I'm not saying it's going to come back to bite her as in Maggie's done anything wrong. I just think somebody somewhere is going to find out and mm-hmm. be like, oh, that's why this mm-hmm. happened. No, and I it's agree. not. I agree. She totally got this, you know, on her own merit because the other doctor mm-hmm. brought her up first. Mm-hmm. And Maggie's just giving her the facts. Like, she did this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And, Absolutely. You know, she did have a conversation with her and she seemed very bright, very smart, very capable. Mm-hmm. So that's an honest review mm-hmm. of Vanessa. Um, yeah. So, but you know, it's all, med's all about the drama. Mm-hmm. Drama, Which, drama, drama. 
I was still saving the Natalie, Will, and Marcel till the end. But what I just, the one other item I do want to highlight was the whole Archer April kind of situation. Ooh, see, okay, I this plot I could not tell if he was genuinely trying to be helpful because you know we've seen him be spiteful with women before. Mm-hmm. Like he was, oh, he was Natalie spiteful with Natalie. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. totally. That was revenge. Yeah, totally and completely. Um, that was not him trying to help anyone. Mm-hmm. So. At first, when I'm watching this plot unfold, I'm thinking it's more of that. It's like, you know, she suggested something that he didn't really agree with. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan actually overheard it. Mm-hmm. And so he comes back later and suggests that same thing that April suggested. Mm-hmm. Sort of superseding Dr. Archer's opinion. Mm-hmm. And kind of forcing his hand, making him do that procedure. Mm-hmm. So at first, when he's starting that with April, where he's like talking to her about it's nice that you and Ethan are still so close and yeah when well, he starts like, in on that conversation yeah. I'm like okay are you doing the same thing again mm-hmm. where you think she went behind your back and it's made very clear that April did not mention it to Ethan oh absolutely she was gonna do exactly what Dr. Archer wanted her to do mm-hmm. she was not gonna question it which is rare for April if yeah. we're being honest mm-hmm. um <laughs> so anyway he gets her like he tries to talk her into doing the procedure well because having just gotten in trouble for doing something she shouldn't have done april's like no which yeah i mean the whole reason he was leading up to it is he found out she was wanting to become a nurse practitioner yeah and so she was looking at stuff right and he so he, and he said he, he knew someone at a school that she was interested in and mm-hmm. he floated the potential about writing her a letter of recommendation yeah but then they're in this exam room And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, if you're going to be a nurse practitioner, you need to do this. So here you go, big shot. Go ahead and do this. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I couldn't tell if it was. Well, no, at that point, I thought it was spiteful. I thought he was, you know, being vengeful. Yeah, I I think the beginning part was coming from a good place to a certain extent. Because, like, I think he kind of realized, like, what an ass he had kind of been in some places. Well, I think the offer. I think, yeah, the offer with the letter. Yeah, I think that was totally genuine. Yeah. I think he wanted yeah. to help her. But after that was when uh-huh. Ethan uh-huh. came back and was like, no, you need to do this instead of this procedure. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I kind of thought when they're in the exam room, he's like getting back at her for what he perceives as her going yeah. behind his back. Yeah. That that was my first thought about that. Mm-hmm. Because it was clear that she was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And oh, any absolutely. actual professional doctor at that point would be like, all right, fine, I'm, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't. He was sort of like continuing to like say, you do it, you do it, you do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, once the guy's PP started dropping, then he took over. Mm-hmm. But April was very clear the whole time, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with doing this. I don't like that you asked me to do this. You mm-hmm. know, she was very clear the entire time. So at first, I really did feel like he was being vengeful. But then... Um, when they talked about it after because they did actually talk about it after mm-hmm. I started to think that maybe he did genuinely think that he was helping her and I mean that could have really just been his kind of teaching style of like pushy out of the nest right away Like he does seem like a trial by fire kind of guy Yeah. Uh-huh. so uh-huh. I, I, I still though am conflicted I don't know what his actual intention was was mm-hmm. I, I just I don't, I don't know. think we're gonna find out I don't think we're gonna yeah find out. I mean I think that's one thing that we're not gonna have an answer to but he did then again offer the letter at the end mm-hmm. of the episode so he offered it twice 
Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I think April was sort of hesitant to accept just based on the fact that she doesn't know whether he intended it to be vengeful yeah, either. Because she said to him, weird. if you think that I went behind your back, I did mm-hmm. not. Like, she told yeah. him that. So, I don't know. I couldn't get a read on, on what yeah, he was actually thinking. It, it's going to be weird, I think, for a minute. Yeah. But just the way he started that whole conversation with, it's nice that you and Ethan are still so close. I was like, yeah. well, why are we talking about this in the middle of a procedure? Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I still don't like him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he genuinely had ill intent. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so that was that plot. Which was interesting. Uh, yeah. And then the last thing was another whole... triangle. Like, how many... I don't... I'm just... I'm so tired. I'm so tired of How many so freaking triangles are we going to have on this show? I'm so, I like, don't know. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah, so this really, very quickly, um, started... We started seeing pretty quickly at the beginning of the episode of Natalie's mom not doing too hot. Like, well, she had having that, the, cough. the cough. Yeah. Um, that was concerning. And then she's questioning the medicine, which, yes, finally. Mm-hmm. Which, and why not do that before you start taking right. the medicine? Right. Because I'm like, but, what bottle did, did you see it appear? Yeah. Like, did you and check Natalie's yeah. answers are very, like, vague. And they mm-hmm. don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she's being very cagey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just suspicious. Um, yeah. Which, I feel like that's Natalie's middle name this entire episode. It's suspicious. Yeah, for sure. And then she, you know, she kind of tries to slyly ask Will about, like, the dry cough. Mm-hmm. Um, and she By gives him some line yeah. about, one of your trial patients came in and I saw him earlier. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to make sure that it was a side effect. And he's like, oh, yeah, which one? She's like, you know, it was crazy and I don't remember the name. And yeah, I'll get it to you later. I'll, I'll get it to you later and whatever. And um, I think she genuinely expects that to be the end of it. Um, you know, like Will's not going to think about that anymore Mm -hmm. because she's told him sort of what, you know, a lie about what happened. Um, well, there's also Veronis in here too. So it's like a triangle, Mm -hmm. it's like a square because also in this, through this plot, like Will is, (laughs) tries to like ask Dr. Verani out on a date, like after everything that happened last episode, like Mm -hmm. it's totally normal and they're going to be chummy and, and, you know, Mm -hmm sleep together again or whatever and she's like I don't think we should see each other anymore and he seems surprised and I'm like did you really like Will come on like I tweeted you're cute but you're not that cute like (laughs) you're you're putting her Mm -hmm. professional reputation on the line and you think she's just gonna carry on with you like it's all normal Mm -hmm. no that's not how this works so anyway that was going on too and that was really the extent of that I mean we didn't really see too much of her in the episode it was just that moment where you're like really Will Seriously, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you're, dude, you can be dumb. You're not that dumb. You're not that dumb. I mean, come on. You saw the way she was looking at you at dinner, right? You know she basically hates you. Mm-hmm. So, like, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but that also leads to him wanting to find out more about that medication and where it went. Because he's, he's been told now that it never made it back to kinder. And since Verani's mm-hmm. already mad at him. He's like, he just no, wants to get it. it figured out. Yeah, he's like, I gotta find this because I've already screwed up once. I can't screw up again. So mm-hmm. then he starts actually looking into it, which leads to Natalie fumbling her way through more lies 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, yeah. Well, and then it's more or less of, oh, Will has a thought of, I'm going to go check out security tape to see what may have happened. Mm-hmm. And Natalie has like a, what was basically like an oh shit moment of, yeah. I'm going to be found out. I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but then while this is happening, you also have Marcel just trying to figure out what's going on with Natalie because he made some suggestions about like something to help her mother earlier. And Natalie was kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's a good thought. And she's yep. very polite, but she sort of like brushed it off. Yeah. A little standoffish. Yeah. Um, he, that sort of made him worry a little bit. And then I hated this part. Will and Crockett ugh, basically get into what I would call a dick measuring contest. Oh, oh, exactly, exactly. Over a patient, like in front of a patient, like I know. you idiots. Um, and they're like just combative, and it's all mm-hmm. about Natalie. And yeah, because you know, it's, it's Will... not about the the whole thing is not about the patient's procedure. It's about Natalie at the end of yeah. the day. And I understand that Crockett accused Will of like you know using his history with Natalie to his advantage to you know I understand all that Mm -hmm. but what Will said went way above and beyond anything that Crockett said Mm -hmm. um which has been the trend with Crockett and Will Will always says the harsher thing and I just want to smack him Mm -hmm. but like he basically said like they're talking about the Elvad versus the trial and Crockett's like you know I know you're upset that they chose the Elvad over the trial Mm -hmm. and he's like uh yeah and how well did that work out Mm-hmm. and like Natalie made that decision I just presented her with the facts you know they mm-hmm. made that decision when they had all the information and Will is like yeah you think she still feels that way you think she still believes that that was the right decision mm-hmm. and Which, we know wanted... in terms of like th- what that means is in, th- what Crockett understands it to be is like did she make the right choice with choosing me to like exactly. move on yeah because it, it was so much more loaded than the whole thing being about Natalie's mother oh, yeah. it was like no choosing Crockett over it was Will. for real like you yeah. suggested that so if she yeah. regrets that choice then she regrets yeah. you yep is basically yep. what Will was saying and I wanted to punch him in the face so bad um and it kills me like I remember being a huge man stench shipper I I loved them and then just all the crap they went through but I'm like I enjoy I'm really liking I'm still kind of still rank man sell a lot higher yeah. now Although, after Natalie's mistake, I kind of think that her and Will maybe deserve each other. Yeah, no, I can kind of, I can see that. (laughs) Although, maybe that's why they shouldn't be together, because if they were together, it'd be a whole other level of... I think then, if they were continued down a path, I think the malpractice lawsuits against Gaffney Medical Center may bankrupt the hospital. (laughs) Probably. Um, But anyway, so you have that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, And then... Two things happen after that. One, uh, Marcel goes to Natalie to just say, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You're, this is weird. You're being weird. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's happening. Are you mad at me because of the LVAD thing? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And she's basically like, no, I don't blame you for the LVAD thing. That was a decision that we all made together. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal. And then he starts to actually talk about, like, their relationship and why she's being so standoffish and something's going on. And there's, like, something going on between her and Will, kind of, like, not, because, I mean, yeah. he, he's seen and little glances of things here and there, like. He says, I've been completely open and honest with you. Mm-hmm. You need to be completely open and honest with me. Mm-hmm. And that's when she sort of freaks out because, again, she's going to, she knows she's going to get caught. 
Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I, she very quickly, and I'm sure part of most of this is true because she does have a lot going on. She's like, I've got my mom, I've got Owen, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, work. I, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with anything else. Mm-hmm. I just think we should be done this, that we need a break. It, we need space. Oh, it broke my heart. And all of this so because, good. all of this because she stole these pills for her mom and she doesn't want anyone to know she stole the pills mm-hmm. for her mom. And I can kind of get it with Crockett because also if she tells him, then he's immediately a part of it. And that might hurt his reputation if he's in on yeah, it so and he knows what she she's did. She's trying to, to an So to it's, a it's part thing. fear that she'll be caught and part yeah. the need to protect him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically she calls it off with him, mm-hmm. which I just, <sighs> I want to shake her. Because I was like, just tell him. Tell him what you did. I know. Maybe he can help you walk it back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, maybe he can help you figure out what to do. Because it's mm-hmm. understandable to panic in a moment and be like, my mom's going to die. Like, yeah, I gotta it's do like, something. did I do, make the wrong decision? So, of course, did I do the really dumb thing of and she did the dumb. medication? She, she did the oh. dumb thing. She did the, she did the, the dumb, dumb thing, and for sure. Thing and and she knows, she knows she did the dumb thing. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I, I think at this point, though, she's in it, and she doesn't know how to take it back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just tell him. Maybe he can help you figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't do that. She no. said she breaks up with him. And I'm like, you're oh, you're driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing that happens is she sees Will as I think they're leaving or something. And like as she's, she's like, leaving, hey. he's he runs past right. her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, Hey, did you ever talk to security about the video thing? He's like, No, they erased the tapes after a certain amount of time. So Darn, seventy two hours. Had, oh. Yeah, and they didn't they didn't have anything. Um and then there's like this moment like he can tell she's like relieved and so like mm-hmm. i think a little like alarm goes off in his head he's like mm-hmm. this is not normal mm-hmm. natalie behavior so he asks more questions about the patient mm-hmm. and natalie's like well I, you know i gotta get back to my mom i don't really have time like to, i'm tired you know, i'll get i'll get right later. now can i can i get back to you later on that and he's like yeah 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 but you can tell mm-hmm. he's suspicious the, the alarm flags are raising mm-hmm. on him so and that's sort of how it how that plot ends Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you what I think is going to happen going forward. I think it's going to end up that Will and Crockett are going to have to work together to help Natalie get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know because Mansell is so new. I don't know if they're going to get past it, and I'm worried. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I can see Will sort of making allowances for it because he's known her forever. Yeah, I I'm just a little worried, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like because they've set up this conflict between these two men, you know, like they don't mm-hmm. like each other. So I feel like they're going to have to set that aside to work together on something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be because Natalie's in trouble and they want to help her get out of it. Mm-hmm. Which you know, once again, I feel like yeah, we'll see. Happen. We'll see how that ends with this season. We shall see. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But that's like my first instinct, like as someone who writes. You know, I'm thinking like, how yeah. would I do this? That's how I would do it. Yeah, um, I mean, for I, me, I'm yeah. not, I'm not much of a writer, so that's not necessarily where my mind goes. But as you explain it, it makes complete and total sense. Yeah, I feel like they've put the pieces in place for that. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm always yeah. wrong usually, but I like taking yeah, guesses. Not always. Guessing is not fun. always. <laughs> Most of the time, <laughs> guessing <laughs> is fun though. So it is. Do it anyway. It is. Um, but yeah, was there anything else? Did we cover? Um, 
It was just, I feel it like was, we covered all of it. We felt like we had so many highs in the last couple episodes that we we were. It's not too surprising we finally got knocked down a peg with Mansell. Yeah, so. we're we're you know we're heading down toward the finale at this point. Yep. So, yep. Like I said, on these shows, if somebody's life's going too well, something's gonna happen that's mm-hmm. gonna cause all this drama. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's coming up for Maggie because of this thing with her daughter. I feel like there's some coming that's going to... Mm-hmm. But she's already suffered a little bit, so maybe not as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas Natalie and Crockett have just had too good of a season. Mm-hmm. So some big stuff coming for them, I feel mm-hmm. like. So you yep. can kind of tell, you know, once you've watched One Chicago long enough, you're like, yeah. oh, this person's too mm-hmm. happy. What's going to yeah. happen? Yeah. Especially on Med. And I mm-hmm. also don't trust Med with with couples anymore no <laughs> because i feel like they get the couples to this point where it's like yeah we're engaged and then they're like and then they I broke know. up and you're I like know. you got me invested and i'm like i'm thinking i'm gonna see this wedding and then like nope yeah nope i know nothing happens i know like this was an episode where i thought why can't ethan and april work it out i know you know i'm just hoping at one point soon we just get like a random drunk wedding where people wake up randomly married together and they're they're the ones who stick stick it out. Oh, that would be fun. Like, that would be fun. On, just, I would like that. Like at that po- at the point, you know, just do it. Like we've already had enough high school drama. Do like some. I was about dumb, to say this show is on what season now? Six. Six. Yeah, by season six, they need to have at least one couple that's like that's been on the show for a while that's committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, one of their couples that's like their in-game couples needs to be together by now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And they haven't done that. <laughs> no. But that's no. all of Med. It is. So that was a pretty exciting episode. It was. It was. Mm, Chicago Fire. Yes. It, it got quite open on such a lovely note, I would say. Oh. And like so you and I, have, we've gushed about it already, but we still enjoy it. It's it was just stellar ride studying because, of course, now that thankfully Severide has gotten past all his stupid bullshit, he's happily helping helping her study for the lieutenant exam. I know it's just so cute. Mm-hmm. They're like in his quarters, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going over questions. It's like reminded me of in high school, you know, when you'd had flashcards yeah. and yeah, it was very much like that. Mm-hmm. And um. It was just super cute, and he was super supportive of her, mm-hmm. which just precious. Um, and you know, I just love seeing Stella Ride happy and domestic, and I know when their best selves. I know together when they were, when they were not doing good at the middle part of the season. I was sad because like, we've gotten so used so used to like, good Stella Ride that it's just when they weren't doing good, it was it made me sad. It made me yeah, I didn't sad. like it. I did not no. like it. Mm-mm. Did not like it at all. Um, so anyway, we start with that for them, um, and then isn't it? And she, basically, that scene is just to establish that the lieutenant's exam is coming up mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. next day, de- like in the next twenty-four hours. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's what that scene is to establish because she's like, I can't believe it's already here, and. Um, um, I can because she's been getting ready for it forever. But mm-hmm. you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it starts, and then they get a. Does she get the phone call? The first phone call before they go on that call with the tree. Um. No, I think it's after. 
I feel like it's after. Well, there's a call. They go. Yeah. Let's. We'll start with that. They go on a call, no. which Stella is like a star on this call, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's these two cars in a car collision, in like a collision, mm-hmm. and then there's someone's like, "Yeah, it hit him. It hit him." And they're pointing up, and they're like, "Hit who?" There's no one here, and she's like, "Come look, come look." And they point up, and there's a guy impaled on a limb in a tree. And you're like, how did he get up there? And I really wanted to be sassy on Twitter and say physics, but it, it was funnier <laughs> in my head. And I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's up in a tree, regardless of how he got up there. doesn't matter. So squad is like immediately they get started on how to get him down. But the thing is, his weight is on the limb. Mm-hmm. And if the weight isn't taken off of that, mm-hmm he's gonna die there's like no way that they can keep Mm -hmm. him alive so Stella is like you know what let me climb up there and I think I can hold him and take some of the pressure off Mm -hmm. and by golly she does she Um, climbs that tree like a tree (laughs) she I mean like wow like super fast too she gets up there she's holding the guy up which you can tell it takes a lot of effort Mm -hmm. because she's weighs less than this guy probably mm-hmm. um he was not a small dude and so then while she's doing that casey and severide are getting ladders up there so that they can come and help mm-hmm. um and so basically what they have to do is cut the limb off the tree because they can't take it out of the guy's stomach mm-hmm. um and they get him down and they load him into the ambo and they drive off and then um you know, there's a cute little moment with this trio that we've been talking about of Casey, mm-hmm. Severide, and Kid, um, mm-hmm. where somebody that I follow on Twitter was like, uh, it's the proud boyfriend and proud older brother. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so true. That's exactly what mm-hmm. it was because they were both mm-hmm. so proud of her. And mm-hmm. they basically had to assure her, like, you did the right thing, yeah. you know, because of you. like, Because she was really sort of, like, doubtful and, like, do you think it helped? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, yeah, because of you, he wouldn't even be alive right now if you hadn't mm-hmm. gone up there and relieved the pressure. Like, mm-hmm. you did that. Um, mm-hmm. So you can kind of see that she's still, like, not entirely totally confident mm-hmm. in herself. Um, yeah. And I think that's really what that was establishing. Mm-hmm. Is like, she's mm-hmm. a badass, clearly mm-hmm. meant to be a leader, but still, in her mind, she's like, mm-hmm. is this the right thing? Am mm-hmm. I doing the right thing? Do I know what mm-hmm. I'm doing? So... Mm-hmm. We start with that, and then um, there's a call to the firehouse that Ritter answers, and they ask for her by name. Mm-hmm. So she gets the call, and it's really weird, and you, all you hear is a voice like, this is so messed up. And then there's, like, some silence, and then it disconnects. And, you know, it just is immediately weird to her. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know what's going on with that. And I can't remember what, what leads to it, but at a certain point... She tells Ritter, like, hey, if this person calls again, put the call through to Severide's office. I'll well, because she was going to go, because st- after they get back from the call, Severide's, let's go study more, get people yeah. in. So she- but I'm trying to figure out yeah. why she felt like that person would call back. I can't remember. But she just told yeah. Ritter, she was like, you know, if they call back, just send it through. Yeah. I'll be back there. Yeah. Um, which the person does call back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that call is more, gives her more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person doesn't want to tell them her their name, but it's obviously a young girl. And she says that, you know, I came to a Girls on Fire meeting, and I love this. She said, you said you rescue people. I need mm-hmm. that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, it, 
it was very, this plot was very procedural, but at the same time, like it really spoke to the heart of Stella. Like it, everything that happened was really her mission that she's been all about for the last two seasons is reaching out to young girls and making them realize that they can be heroes. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that really sort of hit at the heart of like everything she's been trying to do for the past two seasons immediately, immediately. Um, So there was that, and I was trying to think. I'm trying to, all the phone calls that they had sort of blend together at this point. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to place them because, it, but it's just the, there's being... several of them because she keeps getting interrupted by like these gang guys that are upstairs. Well, and her um, turning the phone off, and but it yeah, but just... basically what we find out over the course of the phone calls is that it's a young girl and her brother, um, and the girl is in a basement. There's like no, there's no way for her to escape. There's no mm-hmm. way for her to hide. There's no nothing for her to use as a weapon, because Stella goes through all of that with her. Um, and basically, the only thing she found was this burner phone. So this is the mm-hmm. only thing she has to help her get help. And she doesn't want to call the cops because she's afraid if the gang guys see the cops, they're going to kill mm-hmm. her and her brother like on site immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means Stella has to figure out how to help her mm-hmm. with very limited time and limited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where we get to the the point where Stella is just brilliant and impressive mm-hmm. and decisive and I mean she's obviously meant to be a leader so you go through all of this with her but there's so many things that stand out in this episode that just really spoke to I mean my heart as a woman um, is like this girl tells Stella that she she attended Girls on Fire but she she quit she didn't stick it mm-hmm. out Mm-hmm. She said she felt like she wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I loved Stella's response, which was, there was not a single girl in that class who was not good enough. Mm-hmm. And like, I, as I remember being a teenage girl and constantly feeling like you're not good enough. Oh, yeah. On some level, there's something that you are not getting right. And so to have someone in your life that's like, no, you are. You're mm-hmm. good enough. That mm-hmm. is, it seems small, but. It's life-changing. I mean, it's, it's Absolutely. just a concept that's so emotional to have someone be like, you know what? No, you are, you're enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, and things like that kept coming up. And then this girl also praising Stella in turn, like she said at one point, I think about how strong you were all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, again, see, I'm, I'm in, I'm, my eyes are watering right now because I'm thinking about how I important know. this is for Stella. Just to offer support to this girl and to receive this mm-hmm. feedback back from her. Because mm-hmm. she tells this girl that after she says, you know, I didn't feel like I was good enough. So I was like, well, then that's on me because mm-hmm. I didn't make you feel like you were good enough. That's mm-hmm. my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And the girl's mm-hmm. like, no, no, that's not it. You mm-hmm. were strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, I, it was just such, so heartwarming to like see Stella get this recognition because she obviously mm-hmm. deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and so that's sort of how those phone calls go with this girl scared, and Stella's trying to talk her through it and figure out how to reach her. And then while she's doing that, Kylie is also talking to the other girls on Fire Girls, mm-hmm. trying to figure mm-hmm. out this girl's name, um, you know who they think she is, and they narrow it down to one girl who has an older brother that they think is a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. So they work out who she is. They go to Bowden and Severide which is a duo that I love. And this is the mm-hmm. second time we've seen them this season. And it was and just so in general, like it. 
normally we got to see like the detective cop, like detective fireman from Severide always, Bowden sometimes. We got to see that side of Stella this episode, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you've got uh, Bowden and Severide in the streets trying mm-hmm. to help. So they go to uh, her girl, her name was Aaliyah. They go to Aaliyah's yeah. house and her mom's there. And her mom's immediately like, what'd they do? Are they in trouble? What's going on? They mm-hmm. haven't been home. Mm-hmm. Um, so they know it's her. And they sort of put together that the gang wouldn't have taken them far. So they've got to be in the neighborhood still. So then they're just driving around the neighborhood trying to find them. And I love this. Stella gets the idea like, turn on the siren. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I can hear it on the phone, I know you're there. Yeah. So she's got like them in one phone and Aaliyah on the other phone. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, listening for the siren. And that's how they find the house. Mm-hmm. Because Stella Kid is brilliant. Yes, um, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> so, you know, and then you have, and I loved this part, Severide and Bowden then have to get everyone out of the house. Mm-hmm. So they come up with this bluff about, like, gas readings and... Yeah, gas you know, leak and... The house is going to explode and everybody out and... Um, it's just really funny how it escalates because they try... They start out with one plan and they don't think it's going to work. It's so Severide's mm-hmm. like, what's plan B? And he's like, I, I, I don't have a plan B. That was it. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. two of the guys come out and then they have to make it more dramatic and more dramatic. And so Severide's like counting down to like this yeah. explosion, which yeah. cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the two, the brother and the girl come out of the house. Mm-hmm. And while everybody else is running away, I just love Bowden. I love when Bowden gets to, like, clearly be a dad. Because, you know, he is a dad. But, Mm -hmm. like, we don't see him with Terrence all the time. We don't. We don't. And so, like, in this moment, you can see him being the dad. Because he softens immediately when he sees them. And he's like, come come with me. Come with me. You two, come with me. And they drive away with the two kids in the back of a buggy. Um, And it's just... It was very, like, a procedural cut and dry, you know, Mm -hmm. action-oriented plot. But the writers did so much to like weave in the heart of Stella heart and emotion, like, into yeah. all yeah. of it. Um, and, you know, they had her working with all these people who love her, like Severide and Bowden and Kylie and these people who know that she is capable and that she is an absolute badass. Mm-hmm. And she is this person that she does not think she can be. She already is this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Miranda did an interview where she said she feels like Stella came out of that confident in herself. Um, and, you know, she said she'd had all these people telling her you can do it, but she'd never really believed it for herself. Mm-hmm. And she feels like she came out of that with that confidence. And I feel like that's pretty mm-hmm. accurate of what they portrayed on the show. Mm-hmm. I feel like Stella did come out of that thinking, no, you know what? I can do this. This mm-hmm. is totally within the realm of possibility for me. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um so Stella saved the day, mm-hmm. as we knew she would. Yeah. Um, and then that wraps up at the apartment, like, after everything. She's getting ready to go take the exam, and this mm-hmm. was just the sweetest, the sweetest moment <gasps> ever. Um, Kylie and Aaliyah show up at the apartment. And Severide's, like, you know, talking her up, like, you're going to be great. It's going to be great. You know. You got this, Stella kid. You got this, but that's, oh, the when he says it at the end, that kills I know. Me. But I know. Kylie and Aaliyah show up, and. You know, Leah's like, hey, can I come back to Girls on Fire? And so I was like, of course you can. There's no question about that. Um, And then 
while Aaliyah and Kylie are leaving, like Stella's watching them leave while mm-hmm. she's standing in the door and Severide's behind her like, you did that. Mm-hmm. That was all you. And then that's when he sort of whispers it. It's the best you've got this Stella kid we've gotten yet. It was the I sweetest know. and like the softest and like I like love these sh- two so much. It shouldn't be romantic and sweet, but it is. It is so romantic. Um, and they kiss. And it's just like the perfect, like, this is why we love Stella Ride. This I know. And this it. is, it was just like the perfect little send off for her before her exam. Yes. And that's what she wanted. Like, it goes back to the whole thing, what she wanted from him from the very beginning. And the reason she got mm-hmm. upset with him is because he bailed. It was like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to do it that's not why I need you I need mm-hmm. your support mm-hmm. I need you to tell me you got this Stella kid and so that's mm-hmm. what she got I know yeah. I know it's just so emotional I love that so much I know so I'll let you handle the Bretzy portion but I do want to highlight some of my other favorite kind of I would say like definitely the comedic effect moments from the episode yeah. go for which it which included the wonderful um and lovely interaction I was not expecting between Violet and Cruz and then Herman. I loved that plot. I, I loved like, it. I seeing loved it. Violet bond with different members of the house. I know. Is great. I love it. It was. It was so good. And, and it was she, just, she lost her first one. bet at fifty one, so that is her official welcome into the fifty one family. That bet specifically was it Cruz this episode was getting frustrated in his parenting class that there was this King Swaddler named Huxley. And it's Joe being the first-time parent. He's nervous, and he wants to do a good job. So he really wants to get this done right. And Violet's like, oh, we can figure it out. Like, I'm, like, I hate to say it, I'm a millennial. I can look on YouTube and figure this out. How hard is it? And they're doing it, and they're not doing a good job with these evil dolls that look like they're the most cursed beings on the entire they, planet. Yeah, they look super creepy. Like, I yeah. wouldn't even want to touch one of those dolls. No, not at all. But they're doing it, They're and not doing it very well. And all of a sudden, Herman comes over without even looking at the table, is able to swaddle this baby in he's two seconds left. Talking the entire time, not yeah. even really paying attention to what he's doing. He just, yeah. like, walks up, he's like, oh, you're swaddling? Okay. okay. And so he just keeps talking, like, in yep. true Herman fashion, telling some story. Yep. You know, and he's working the whole time. And then he walks away with it, and there's a perfectly swaddled doll on the table. Yep. And they're like, what? How? Yeah. And then Joe looks at Violet, and he's like, five kids. And she's yeah. like, oh. Okay, yeah, and, so, and, and they they practice a bit more, practice a bit more, and then Violet's feeling real confident and ends up betting overly them. confident, overly confident, <laughs> and seeing how good Joe Joe is doing good, but she then oversteps a little bit and says to Mouch, "I bet Cruz can do it faster than Herman," and so makes a bet of twenty bucks and mopping duty or sweeping or mopping duties and mopping. She ends up losing very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah. Because clearly five kids will definitely have an effect on your timing. Violet has always, even from her early appearances where I wasn't sure I liked her, she's always been, like, very Mm -hmm. competitive and very confident, Mm -hmm. a little too confident. And I like that they've stayed true to that, even Mm -hmm. though they've sort of given us a little more depth to her. Yeah, it's it's a more humanizing cockiness of, like, but she's trying to, like, bring up Joe at the same time. So it's not just, like, her doing it. It's trying to, like, build up crews. Right. And I so I loved that moment of, like, bonding with... Yeah. You know, with all of them. And and they've shown her with the group as much as they can. Like, even the last episode, they showed her when they all drew straws for Bowdoin, mm-hmm. you know, to save Bowdoin's parking space. Mm-hmm. So, I like that they're incorporating her mm-hmm. with the rest of the house mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just sticking her with Brett and leaving yeah. that as where she is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was a very good plot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, the other one was Donna. Donna yes, and Ritter and Gallo. Yeah, so that was going to be, I, mean, I had them like several parts, but they really, it, the first part with Ritter and Gallo is that obviously as we had seen them kind of form their little group of younger firefighters, they were wanting to go for a retreat weekend, but as being the young firefighters that they are, they don't get furlough, and so Bowden's kind of like, eh, eh, don't think I can really do that, and what ends up happening throughout the episode is um, the internet is apparently out at the uh, Bowden, at Bowden and Donna's house. Yeah, at Bowden and Donna's house, and obviously, as a teacher, she in fact needs the internet because she's teaching an online class. So it, she needs what she needs it, and she's got to do what she's got to do. So she comes to the firehouse and pretty much sequesters the bullpen <laughs> from Bowden. And ends up making her, like, a live classroom there. And her two lovely assistants of uh, Ritter and Gallo are teaching, are helping her teach her physics lesson. And Because apparently, I, I mean, I've thankfully never had to go through very much online courses. But it's hard. It's, it, kids have a very hard time focusing nowadays. And so she kind of was wanting to maybe liven it up a little bit with some show material. With um, the, the Ritter and Gallo moments. comedy hour is what I oh, called yeah. it. Oh, because yeah. it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. Like the the physics lessons were really funny because like there was one where okay Gallo is like sh- I guess showing like the momentum and yeah. um, movement. You know, it's just so like <laughs> Gallo shoved Ritter very lightly, and then mm-hmm. it was Ritter's turn to shove Gallo, and like, he shoved mm. him like way hard. And like the eye looks that they had between them. Oh my, Gallo was pure like, gold. What? Pure gold. Ritter saw the chance that he could to finally do oh, yeah. something like that to, he took it. To, to Gallo, and he was like, I'm taking it. I am doing it. It was a lot of, like, physical comedy, which was really oh, nice yeah. to, like, yeah. see them play. Um, and then Donna, of course, being, like, the straight man and all of it was just really funny. And mm-hmm. um, My favorite, though, from that plot was when, that first, when she's trying to get it all set up, and there's, like, this whirlwind flurry of activity to get it set up. Mm-hmm. Kylie pulls out the standing desk. I know. This and Bowden's face at the side like, of the standing no. desk was hilarious. No. I cackled. I cackled so loud. I know. Because it was just like a nice callback, you know? And mm-hmm. Kylie was like, does this look like something you'll need? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Kylie. Kylie fits in She's too, wonderful. She's wonderful. Can't wait to see more of her. She's so adorable. Um, so, yeah, that was a really fun plot. And I liked watching it play out. So basically they earned their furlough. Yeah, which is Bowden was like really nice to see. Yeah. It was really sweet. So, and they were, I mean, and that's the thing about Ritter and Gallo. They genuinely want to help. Yeah. Around the house, you know, like yeah. they're there for the house pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just sweet and mm-hmm. young and cute. And mm-hmm. like, you can't help but love them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a nice plot. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And I would say before we get on to... Um... Or probably most talked about portion, not most talked about portion, but a favorite thing we did want to highlight, um, uh, which is more or less Bretzy, <laughs> to a certain extent. I did want to call it an honorable mention moment of getting to see uh, Brett and Violet out on a call to this guy's sauna. And yes! this is where Sylvie Britt with two T's yes! comes in. And she, I think the phrase is maybe mule kick. I don't know. Yeah, it's a mule kick. It's like when you turn around and you kick. It's a mule kick. So um, this guy is stuck in the sauna and they realize that his calls for help are coming from the basement and there's no way to get inside. So Sylvie kicks in that door. Yes. 
and they make their way inside and and it, there's not much more to it than they make the call well no it was actually yes. i i like to call it was a duo moment because yeah Sylvie got them in to the house, yeah. but then Violet got them into the sauna. Yeah, because she like picked the lot. She, she was puzzles. like, "I like puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the best." It was so nice. It was like a teamwork moment, you know, like a. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sylvie doing that mule kick, like yeah. I know. I, I want to yeah. see this lock picking talent come back to light a little bit more for Violet. I'm just yeah, I'm just for very sure. Curious. I'm very curious. yeah. I mean, it was. It, it was really great because I, I love that they've been showing um, Ambo, whether it's Brett and Mackie or Brett and Violet, mm-hmm. having to be like um, inventive on mm-hmm. calls. You know, like they're having to figure things out without calling mm-hmm. in backup mm-hmm. a lot of times. And I love mm-hmm. that because Sylvie is very, very intelligent, very smart. And I don't mm-hmm. think until recent seasons she's really had a chance to like yeah show that off. Yeah. And I love that they're giving her those chances mm-hmm. um, to do that and to really show how badass she is. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So, yeah, yeah, that was nice. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so then we kind of get to our... Uh... <laughs> the Bretzy plot. The Bretzy plot that I... They're, in some cases, we've had them interact on, obviously, more calls, but it was very much just interactions between the two of them in the house, more or less. It was episode, nice. Which, I was not mad about at all. No. And, and the thing is, Matt was so happy. And I, I just can't. Like, I love it. So happy. I love. Oh, my God. He, like, I texted I texted you. He was so happy. Like, he was ma- he was making corned beef for the house. Because yep. that's his famous corned beef. And he Which, was, it's been forever since he made it, by I the know. way. I know. I think it was early in season one. Season one, yeah. It was a okay. long time ago. Long time ago. But he was, like, so happy that as he was making the corn meat, he was, like, slapping the meat. He did. He, like, he, like, he was, like, so happy. He, like, tapped out a rhythm on the yeah. corned beef. And I was it was really like, cute. I had to He's text wearing those you. gloves and, like, sprinkling on the seasoning. I know. And I was just like, this is, like, such a happy Matt Casey. I texted yeah, you. And I'm just like, I, a level of happy moment. Matt Casey we have not seen in a long no, time. Not at all. Um, and he was just like so cute with the corned mm-hmm. beef and the cooking, and um, he's like talking to Sylvie, you know, about how he feels like he has a new lease on life, and yeah, um, you know, he feels really great, and like all the trauma from his initial head wound is like gone. Mm-hmm. So like he's always been afraid that like that's gonna hang over his head for the rest of his career, and mm-hmm. now he's free and clear of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's obviously in a very very good mood. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Sylvie, and he like he thanks her for being there for him, and he gets this impression that like she's something's off. She's well, because she, I mean, I, girls do not have to smile all the time, but Sylvie, who's usually a very go happy go lucky person, very, yeah, she normally has a smile on her face, and yeah. so she's it looks like she's foraging in this like candy dish or whatever. I think it was and tea. I feel like tea it was tea. like it, something. I feel like it was tea. I don't know yeah. though, but it was a container. It was a canister. Yeah. And um, she just was, like, kind of glum. Yeah. She was very subdued. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, I'm happy you're happy. Like, you won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Like, but just still not the same level of enthusiasm that mm-hmm. she had in the doctor's office, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not quite that. And so he's immediately like, okay, something's off. This is mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. So later he finds her in the Ambo, which I love this. Mm-hmm. And he starts out standing outside of it. And he's like, um, Sylvie? Mm-hmm. she's like what's up and he's like what's going on first of all both of their voices were so soft with each other that i was like i know it was 
love each other so much. I don't I understand. Know. I know. Why can't you just be together? Anyway. I know. But he, after he asked her what, you know, what's going on, she says mm-hmm. nothing because she doesn't really want to tell him and okay. And he gets into the ambo. Now, this is important because that's a statement. That's like a, I'm going to climb up into this ambo and I'm going to sit here until you tell me what's wrong. And I'm not leaving until we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that is like such a best friend move. Like that's a, mm-hmm. you need to talk about something obviously. So we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says to her, you know, with everything that you've supported me through lately, I think it would be pretty obvious that you can talk to me about anything. Mm-hmm. And he gets up in the ambo and he sits there and he just looks at her like, I'm waiting. Come on, tell me what's going on. Um, and so this is, I was not expecting her to like tell him about Granger. Mm-hmm. Like I knew mm-hmm. he was going to find out, obviously. Yeah. But I didn't know that she was going to be the one to be like, well, okay, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously she was trying to avoid that because she tells him, she's like, you know, you were so happy. I didn't want to like mm-hmm. bring ruin you down. That moment. Or, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to ruin that. Um, so she tells him though about what happened with Granger and how, you know, she just basically referred to Matt as her friend didn't really elaborate too much because it's mm-hmm. his private information. And, mm-hmm. You know, that Greg found out that it was Matt and sort of felt like she maybe deceived him a little bit on that front mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't appreciate that. So he basically called it off, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of not entirely true. I mean, it is. Yeah. She left out the part where he was like, you have some things to figure out about Matt mm-hmm. Casey. <laughs> she yeah, left that of. part out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, right as Matt's, he's, just the bells in this house drive me crazy. Because such a sweet moment. And then it gets He's about ruined. to say, like, you know, Sylvie, I want you to know. And then, of course, the bells go off. And you're like, what do you want her to know, Matt? What? What is it? Yep. What do you want her to know? Yep. And we're never going to find out now because the nope. bells interrupted them. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, she goes out on the call. And then, you know, she comes back from the call and goes to find him. And he's watching one of the physics lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, I, I just want to say, I didn't mean to dump all of that on you yeah. before. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm glad you told me. And then he like encourages her about Granger, which made me like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> like face palm. Like why Matt Casey? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously well, not going to take advantage of the moment, but it's well, like, yeah, it's, he just wants in that moment, he wants her to be happy. And if that's with I Granger, so, be so he's like. He basically tells her, you know, Granger, he got a little freaked out because, mm-hmm. you know, it was you and another guy and, you know, there's nothing bad going on about it. He'll see that mm-hmm. and he'll come around and she's like, yeah, you think? And he's like, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And then she tells him that Violet said the thing about puzzles. He's like, she's like, you know, I feel like dating is like a puzzle that I never have mm-hmm. all the pieces to. She's mm-hmm. like, well, if you ever find the answers, let me know. And I wanted and to like knock their heads together. Like, and are you... you- you want to yell from the rooftops? Just date each other. The answer is you date each other, and you're done. That's yes. it. That's the answer. That's it. Like, That's it. why are you making? And this I feel so like we've we've had this we've had this conversation before. Of like, Matt has said other things to her. Like, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. So yeah, like, and like you are what she's looking for. You idiot. <laughs> he said things like that to her twice. Like in season eight, he said yeah. something like that where yeah. he was like. You'll find what you're looking. You'll get exactly what you want because that's what you deserve. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you're what she wants. Exactly. You. you. Exactly. exactly. And then this season, he said, you know, go after the partner you really want. I'm like, well, a partner you she really wants is you. I know. 
And like, then, are you serious? Yeah. And this is more of the same, where it's like, are you, you're the answer to each other's puzzle, uh-huh. you, you dummies. Yep. Like, I love yep. you both, but wow, seriously? Yeah. Um, and then, so. Anyways, yeah, and then they're leaving the firehouse. Yep, and then and, they're leaving the firehouse right. after shift. Right, and uh, Matt, this is another parallel to season eight, by the way, because mm-hmm. Matt's looking across the sort of like the cars. And yeah. You see Sylvie getting in her car, and yep. there's like this moment where he's thinking, like, I have to do something about this. And mm-hmm. the word that Derek used to describe this plot was Matt Casey investigates why Sylvie's down, and like it was just yeah. such a cute way to say it because it's true. He like made it himself is. primary detective on her case, and it he's is. like, I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna fix it, and it's just so cute. Um. <laughs> because obviously he cares for her a lot if he's going out of his way for this. Oh, absolutely. And then he takes it a step further because I want I want to think about, let's put this into perspective. Matt Casey gets off shift, all right? And mm-hmm. here's what he does. He gets in his truck. He drives to 40. He parks mm-hmm. outside of 40. He waits outside of 40 for Granger to leave the building on mm-hmm. the off chance that Granger will talk to him. Yeah. Like, he did all of that for a friend. Yeah. A friend with air quotes. Yeah. yeah yeah okay sure sure man sure yeah um so anyway he waits for granger granger comes out and they talk and i love the beginning of this conversation because it was awkward as it should have been awkward mm-hmm. because he's like uh can we you know i want to talk to you you know man to man you know mm-hmm. and granger's like are you gonna write me up again he's like yeah like and it's obviously that's an action that matt regrets because he's told brett that he knows he acted like oh yeah, out of line. So he's okay, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna write you up. That's not yeah. what's gonna happen. It's just like this awkward moment of like, yeah, I've been a jerk to you in the past. Okay, I get it. Um, but then he says, and he chooses his words very carefully. Like you have to listen to the words that he says because mm-hmm. he very carefully phrased this. He's like, um, you know, Sylvie and I were never an item. She asked for space, mm-hmm. and I backed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know i'm i'm not gonna get in the way of what you and her have mm-hmm. i want her to be happy that's all i want mm-hmm. and i'm sort of paraphrasing in the middle there but at no point did he say that he did not have feelings for her no no at no point did he say this um so but he did say that he didn't plan to act on them mm-hmm. so you have to that's very intentional that phrasing right oh there. yeah Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's a very Matt Casey thing, very selfless Matt Casey thing to be like, all right, I'm going to push Sylvie back toward this guy because mm-hmm. I want her to be happy. He's done it before. He did it with Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. he did it with uh, Ryan in season eight. I mean, he's mm-hmm. done it multiple times before. It's like, he just Not wants surprising. to make Sylvie happy. He just, it's right. Just, He genuinely means, I just want her to be happy. That's Mm -hmm. all I want. Like, genuinely, he means that. Mm -hmm. Same way Brett meant that when she said it several episodes ago to Mackie. Which, that's important to point out, too, that Sylvie said that as well. That she just wants Mm -hmm. Matt to be happy. So you've got these two people who just want each other to be happy. And, like, you just want to shake them. But Mm -hmm. Granger, bless his soul. Lord, (sighs) thank you. I just thank you for Greg Granger because yes, he said the exact right thing at the exact right moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, I, this is not about what you're gonna do. I don't mm-hmm. care what you're gonna do. Your feelings don't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm thinking about Sylvie, mm-hmm. and from what I have seen and witnessed over the last few months, she's in love with you. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, Granger just did the thing that we've been wanting somebody to do, like, the entire season. The worst part is, it's like, the most effective communicator in the relation, in the Bretzy relationships is Granger. Right? Which isn't great, but, you know, if if it'll get it started, I'll take it. (laughs) The most communication that Matt has had about his feelings has been one from Sydney, who said, it's kind of impossible not to notice the way you look at her. Mm-hmm. And from Greg, <laughs> like she's in love with you. Like, mm-hmm. but I love John Ecker played that scene so well. Like he he groaned so a little before he started to explain himself, and yeah. it like gave me this impression of like, man, this idiot's really gonna make me spell this out. Are you for real? Like, yeah, I gotta like... fix this, and it's I'm trying to get over Sylvie, and you want me to fix your relationship with Sylvie? Like you're dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like mm-hmm. I love the way he played it. I know. Um, but yes, Matt Casey needed to hear that. And you could see his face afterward. He was like, what? Well, it's just like just... that little light, that little light bulb kind yeah, of went he's off. Like, of like... He just looked so shocked. And he was like, oh, really? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so it, it's, even though they, they just had that kiss, but it's like, so she must, like, she, she feels something. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and I, I love Derek's interview about it because he said afterward, after the episode aired, he said that that's a light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. for Matt and how like up until this point everything that he's felt has been in his head he's thought of mm-hmm. it internally from his point of view mm-hmm. and he has sort and of never assumed, said it out loud right he has sort of assumed that he has bigger feelings mm-hmm. than Sylvie mm-hmm. so he's letting that go because his feelings are bigger than hers and that's mm-hmm. not fair to her to put that on her and so he's trying to be a gentleman and give her the space that she needed mm-hmm. and so now he's seeing for the first time that wait this has been going in and on in my head but it's also going on in her head too mm-hmm. so it's like now he has to decide what does he do with that knowledge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i feel like that's what's gonna happen over the next three episodes i know i know we're know. finally getting some real movement. I'm so excited. I know. And such are, I'm still of the mindset. This may be, I mean, I know there's still many issues with what has happened in the middle. But from many points of my enjoyment, season nine has been pretty high up there for kind of. Yeah. Seasons. When I really go back and think about it, there's only like two or three episodes yeah. that I did not enjoy. Yeah. Um, And that's because. There was really no movement on yeah. certain plots in those episodes. And it just was frustrating, like too frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. like some level of frustration is good. Like in this episode, mm-hmm. when they're talking about puzzle pieces, and you're like, mm-hmm. dummies. <laughs> yeah. You're each other's puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but there are some times where the frustration is not good. And that for me yeah. was like 904 and 909. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy, and uh, 907 mm-hmm. was okay, mm-hmm. but 904 and 909 in particular, not mm-hmm. my favorite episodes of the season. But overall, mm-hmm. I mean, that's two out of, so far, mm-hmm. 13 episodes. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think season eight was stronger overall, yeah. but yeah. it was a full season with no pandemic weirdness, so that's a given, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But I think the breaks also made it worse. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, if I go back and once the season ends and I go back and watch it all, I'll probably feel totally different about it. Yeah. But the breaks in between made it more frustrating. It did. <laughs> it, 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 your mind is your own worst enemy, so when we don't have episodes, you're kind of, like, overthinking things sometimes. And, and you build your own expectations of what you're going to mm-hmm. see if it takes too long between episodes. And then when you don't mm-hmm. see what you wanted to see, it's like, well, mm-hmm. okay, that was weird. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the the breaks in between added some definite frustration. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, overall, it's been good. a good season. And this was mm-hmm. a really strong episode. Again, very balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, I Absolutely. feel like everybody had a nice, shiny Absolutely. moment. Oh, and the cruise plot. He did not end up showing up, the guy in Baby Basics, by the way. No, because <laughs> they moved on to another topic. Moved on from swaddling, and Huxley was still basically kissing the teacher's ass. He looked so frustrated. <laughs> so... Yeah, just more more cruise fun, but it was it was still very sweet because cruise did in fact l- learn how to swaddle very well. He did so. he did, and that's yes, that was the point of that. Yes. Anyway, to yes. begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. that that pretty much covers Chicago Fire all all around a good time. Good time. Yep, it was a great episode, and I'm looking <sighs> forward to the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I can't wait Me to too. see how everything wraps up with Me Stella too. and Bretzy and. Mm-hmm. Even Joe and Chloe and the baby. I know. Oh, I'm so I happy. Know. I know. So, oh my, my heart after the last episode <laughs> of our One Chicago Wednesday is. Uh, it's like it's like a sigh of relief, but at the same time, yes and no, and still kind of just up in the air with everything. But overall, I'm I'm not mad with where the episode <laughs> ended. I mean, I still would have hoped maybe. We would have ended slightly differently, but I'll get that to that in a few minutes. But just like pretty much all our other episodes, it's still as of late. It seems like Chicago PD has still been taking to heart very much more, you know, focus on the case and then kind of your one character. So as per usual, not I mean, we're going to there's some things to talk about, but it's not like it's going to be like lengthy, lengthy discussion since I mean, the main story here tonight was Kim. Right. Really, the big things I remember from the episode have nothing to do with the case whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, just as a highlight, it's, I mean, what I'll start with is we see Kim being adorable with Michaela. I loved it! Michaela putting on a show for her, which is like, I, I remember Michaela. doing so much of that when I was little, and so it's just, it's super sweet that Michaela feels that comfortable, oh. and it's just, it's just adorable. Straight Michaela, up adorable. Michaela is like the cutest, most adorable little girl mm-hmm. ever and mm-hmm. I love her and if they pull a Louie with her I'm gonna be so crushed I'm thinking though because obviously where it starts to lead next is you know Kim dropping Michaela off at school and her being like worried because obviously she's still having a tough time and she she doesn't want to be that weird kid in class that can't make friends or be weird you know and I, I right. completely get that and not that she would ever be weird but she just doesn't want to be seen as different you know right and so from there, we get to find out, like, so quickly, like, Kim's just not fostering her. She's wanting to adopt her. Adopt her! And it's just, it's like, we see Michaela the... Ward Burgess! I know, and getting to actually, it's, it's one thing to say it, but to see that her name being, like, On written the out. certificate! And it was just like, oh my goodness, that's just, it was, so, it was so sweet. I needed it, um... But obviously what happened after some of that, or maybe slightly before it, is the case that ends up occurring. Yeah, so it's actually after Kim drops her Michaela off at school and before the birth certificate. But I couldn't, I, I jumped from one to the other because I was just that excited and that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, what really was going on after 
Kim dropped Michaela off at work, or at work, school, is that Kim picked up, you know, just like Haley did in previous episodes, like, she just caught a call off the radio as she turned it on and was turning off her duty. And it's that this victim had fallen on a car, supposedly, and so obviously Kim answers, she's close. She gets there, kind of, honestly... I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it. It's like the cop kind of there kind of says it's how the scene kind of happened. And she's like, no, this is not how it happened at all. Because it was like, she just got pushed out a window and whatever. And it's like, no, she was pushed out. She started, she probably, she was actually still alive and was trying to get off the car. And whoever probably pushed her out the window ended up shooting her. And so that was hard. That was harsh. And it was like, it was a gruesome scene. Like that's anytime you see a victim fall on top of a car, it ain't pretty at all. Mm-hmm. And so they start doing that and they more or less release the scene. And as they're getting ready to like move the victim, they realize that the victim was actually pregnant. And so it's, I think that's kind of still, it's been a while since Kim had obviously had her miscarriage, but it's still something that kind of, I think, hits very close to home with her on. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you're still kind of dealing with any kind of pregnant victim or, I think, small child, it, it's going to affect Kim definitely in any way. And so the the whole point of this case is that we kind of quickly find out that this girl was from, I want to say Guatemala, I think, or some South. I thought it was, it might have been Guatemala. Guatemala. Or Argentina. South Argentina, Guatemala. It's I, some, some, it's, I don't want to yeah. generalize the area, but it was South America, most likely within that region. I can't remember which one. There was, I think there was another, I think there were two, because there were two victims. I think one was from Guatemala and the other was from Argentina. I think we had mm-hmm. one from each, but yeah. I don't know who, which, I don't know yeah. who was from where. Yeah. But we, we could quickly find out that it's, these girls are, coming to the U.S. pregnant of some sort or some nature and later it's it's all part of honestly like they're yeah they're being promised that they can have a baby on American soil Mm -hmm. and then by having a baby on American soil it'll be a fast track to a green card Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. not what's happening when they arrive Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. what's happening is the babies are being taken and then they're being sent back to their Mm -hmm. country yep um without the baby because they're selling the babies Mm -hmm. to rich people yep which, hey, some of the plots this season feel like they're kind of repurposed from SVU. So I'm not mad about it. It still makes works and makes sense in this case. So throughout this whole portion, you know, the team is just trying to work the case. And Kim's kind of connecting with a, the doctor that had kind of been involved with all of this is going on. And that kind of still hurt. It hit, it hit a bit close to home with her, just obviously saying she had been pregnant at one point And that didn't end well. And just, you know, trying to obviously connect with the suspects a little bit just to try and find out more information um and then obviously as it kind of goes on it's just it's like they kind of get to the head of the ring which is this this like flacco guy which i i swear they've used the name flacco before maybe they used it on fire they used it on fire it was like in season one he was like the guy that yeah okay um as soon as he said that it made it made sense threatening that was threatening um uh joe's brother yeah Yep, I remember Flacco now. Yeah. Um, so Flacco, they kind of get finally get to him, kind of understand what's everything is going on there. And then, obviously, all this is going on. Kim's still in the process of, you know, preparing for life after adopting Michaela now. 
And what kind of goes through is a natural thing with a parent is sometimes your kid has a really bad day. And what, what's happening, been happening with Michaela as of late is she's having nightmares. And understandably so, she went through the most traumatic experience any child could ever imagine going yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so Kim Kim's doing the best that she can in covering, comforting her at night. But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to help the most part. And that when Michaela goes to school one day, she accidentally falls asleep at her desk and has another nightmare. And I hate to say that, unfortunately, kids are just cruel sometimes. Mm-hmm. And not that anybody was, like, directly making fun of her, but she did scare everybody, I guess, with, you know, obviously having a night terror and then waking up and kind of screaming. So anytime you get treated differently, it's it's, it's just a bad situation all around. And Michaela kind of, I, I hate to phrase use the phrase loses it but she like she panics and so she ends up locking herself in a room and it's where kim is really sweet and ends up coming to the school and comforting michaela saying it's oh okay. i love it yeah. it's just it, it a little hand under the door mm-hmm. and just it's touching her hands and just kim being exactly what she needed and to comfort with her saying i know i'm not your mom but i am here for you and i will protect you more or less and it was just, it, that meant the world to me. Yeah, it meant the world. Me too. Mm-hmm. And when she finally comes out and they have that, you know, hug and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it. it was really sweet. And it's, and that's what it leads in part to Kim previously talking with Michaela's social worker a little bit that, you know, Michaela still might be having part of these nightmares too, is because Michaela knows the job that Kim has. It's a scary job. Yeah. And so it's not also not knowing that what happens if Kim gets hurt, who's going to be there to protect Michaela, who's going to be there to support her. And so the social worker asks Kim pretty frankly of who's you going to be your custodial, I, I, I think custodial custodian. backup or custodian, like child custodian in yeah. the event something happens to her. And so she, she has to think about it for a bit and she has, she has some, a tough decision to make. And obviously, as they're going through the case and whatnot, they find a lead. Kim chases said lead through, like, an underpass, more or less, and has a little bit of a shootout. That was very worrisome for a second, because obviously she trips, and I was just always worried. Yeah, that was a hard, that was a hard fall, too. Like, that was a hard, hard It looked hard, like it hard hurt. It was, so it was, it was the mustard jacket, and I don't know if it was the same mustard jacket we've always seen. Hey, some of I her think it was. It yeah. was. It was the same and, same old mustard jacket she's had forever. Yep. That everybody and, hates. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate it. I don't mind. I don't it. hate it. But if, like Sylvie's blue jacket on fire. Everybody hates this mustard jacket. Like I don't understand. I think I, they're, I think it's a cute jacket. Yeah. No. I like it. Um. But obviously in that process, there's a shootout. Her jacket gets a little damaged, and but it's what it more or less ends up being is a justified shoot. And of course, who comes to the scene racing after she shoots the the Ruzek. Sun kind of suspect is Ruzek. Ruzek. And, and just as I uh, had tweeted, only Adam can say "yell Kim," and it just hits differently. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just uh, I could I could just hear him. I could listen to him scream her name like all the time, and I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> um, and it's just like it was obviously justified shoot, and it's just it kind of goes into another moment with them of like. Uh, him trust like him basically completely trusting her, knowing it's it's and it's just there's still some of that hard tension between them, obviously, with what mm-hmm. had happened with Adam a couple episodes back with his dad, obviously, and that whole situation, and them just still having this tough moment of do we trust each other anymore? I don't know, and all that, and 
what it was a very kind of one heartfelt moment of Adam seeing that uh there was a big hole, not like a major hole, but a definite hole in her jacket. And it's like, you know, maybe time to get rid of that jacket. And and she's obviously held on to it for so long. And I, I know I'm making jumps and leaps of saying, like, her and Adam are connected. Like, I would hate to say, like, the jacket. But in parts, I would say it, it felt like a little bit like that. Um, yeah. Might have been some metaphorical which and uh, I mean, elements even i'll mention it t- toward the end of the episode but um obviously they go through the rest of the case this middle guy kind of led them where they needed to and they end up finding flacco at like this warehouse and so obviously they do their big kind of bust along the way and kim has a moment where she freezes as mm-hmm. just as they're about to go for the bad guy which she is sees the hair tie on her wrist mm-hmm. you know because she's realizing it's not just her anymore it's mm-hmm. her and michaela Mm-hmm. and like that's and she it's just it's un, it's an understandable scary moment and then Ruzik kind of really snaps her out of it which is just always I'm always going to enjoy any little moment between them and they eventually they take down their they take down Flacco and it's obviously it's not a happy ending because obviously the woman died and the baby died and but at least maybe the, these women can have a fresh start hopefully um and really what was my more or less happy ending to the episode and I still it wasn't perfect but I'll take what I can get with them is that uh Kim makes a decision of who she wants to be the custodian in in her place in case she gets hurt and lo and behold to no one's surprise she chooses Adam and she invites him over which they have a very nice and sweet conversation and like like no question what do I have to do like granted I'm pretty sure he still has to sign some paperwork they just shake on it <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there has to be some legal signatures somewhere at some point, but I'll I'll take what I can get of like a moment of joy between them. <laughs> but I I loved uh, my favorite part of that was the conversation about why, mm-hmm. you know, like the, why why would you pick me when you know we've had some issues lately or whatever. Yeah, the absolutely. Way she just so easily says she's like because we were supposed to have a baby together, dummy. Oh my and I'm god! Like, why you gotta remind me like I that? I know. I know. It hurt. I know, um, but it was such a good moment though because it it gave it just enough levity to not be Absolutely. like heart crushing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved that like he wanted to know why, but there was you know it turns out there was never any doubt that he was gonna say no. Like there was, mm-hmm. it was you know he was like, of course I'm honored you would ask me. I'm Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Why can't I know. you two just be in love already? I know, and it's like, so, and he says, like, what do we have to do? Shake on it or something? And I'm like, I said, still legal paperwork, I think, has to be filled out because you can't, that's not just something that's upheld <laughs> by the law, unfortunately. And I, probably Adam wishes that's how all things worked, but no. Um, but it was, I was still hoping there would have been, like, a nice hug, but I will take any, anything I can get after Adam's They'll get sad there. hair. I know. <laughs> oh, the sad hair. I know. Sad hair no more. Sad hair no Sad more. Sad hair no more. Yay. Yeah. Um, but they'll get there. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty confident they'll get there. They're yeah, not there no. yet. They no. will be. But I'm, I'm this feeling This is a good step. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I was still hoping, you know, I grant it was Michaela's bedtime, so it makes sense why maybe they didn't interact. But I really hope, you know, if Adam's signing off as the custodian, like, there's some more interaction in the future between all of yeah. them. Yeah. Because that would be kind of weird if, like, I hate to say, if something were to happen to Kim and Michaela's like, who is this dude? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little weird. Um, but really, that that was, like, honestly the main part of the episode. But it also ends just on a very, very sweet note of um, 
what they had Kim had found on this or- the original victim were these worry dolls, which is the what, trouble dolls. The trouble trouble dolls. Yeah, trouble, trouble dolls. dolls. <laughs> um, I, I in my head I call them worry dolls, the trouble dolls. Um, and so she actually got some from Michaela. So it's obviously you put them under your pillow at night, so all your worry, all your troubles and worries, can just kind of go into the dolls, and you're, it's no longer within you. And it was it was just so sweet to see just like their relationship continue to grow and then just obviously getting to just ha- share a sweet moment with them. And it's just, it warmed my heart. And then what I still, I, I still hold on to any bit of symbolism I can in that Kim, they panned off to her having her mustard yellow jacket with its little hole in it. It wasn't in the trash. It was just in a room. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm holding on to those, even though Adam told her to get rid of it, she's like, I'm not getting rid of it just yet. I'm not getting rid of it. Yeah. It was a, like I said, it was a, it was definitely metaphorical. Mm-hmm. A little, a little mm-hmm. fun little metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, with PD, see, we've been doing like little predictions going forward with every show, but it's hard to do that with PD because they. No idea. They, they haven't really had any plots that like flow through. Exactly. Episode to episode, it's all it's been like with the exception the of Outwater. Like yeah, Outwater. That was it. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe they'll come back to that, but I feel like that's pretty much done. No, the only thing um, we get is I know we don't talk about much promo. We don't like talking about promos way too much and relying on them. The only thing we get as a slight visual for next week is Voight finding out about Haley and Jay. Yeah. Which, I'm surprised it went under wraps this long. For real, me so. too. Like, that's been a while. <laughs> if, they've, if they've gotten to the I love you stage, like, how would yeah, Hank I not of, notice I kind of any agree of... with Haley, actually. If it's been that long since they've been together, does it matter? Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> clearly have you noticed anything different, Hank? together for months. Like, what, yeah. do, you, what do you care now? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they've been fine. I'm, I assume they will continue to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> I know, but It'll be yeah. So it's hard to make finale predictions, except I that know. I've read some interviews where uh, it's mm-hmm. sounding like it's going to be intense. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, like really intense. Like mm-hmm. I think Marina said something about it being like traumatic, life changing events for all of them. Oh God, like, what does oh, God. that mean? I can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. So. um yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was. You know, they was, still haven't answered the question of uh, where Vanessa is, by the way. Where is Rojas? And I still, I'm we're, so glad. I, we're still I'm waiting. assuming it was that you posted that uh, fan art somebody made of, like, oh, I yeah, love that trend as memes, late. You know, the memes where it's like this much this, this much that. Yeah. Someone did one, like, uh, <laughs> like with the PD poster. It was like. Yeah. Where the hell is Vanessa Rojas? And this is us like, literally every podcast episode. I, Where is I, Rojas? I like, quote tweeted it on the official account. And I was I like, know. on the Molly's account. And I was like, um, <laughs> me and Kim, like every mm-hmm. podcast episode. Where it's is a Vanessa? Fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. <laughs> We've gotten nothing. Like, I remember at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, so are we going to find out what happened to Rojas? Are we going to find out what happened to Rojas? We were, like, yeah, you'll run over what happened to Rojas. No, we never found out what happened to Rojas. <laughs> That was we lying. were so we were so young and hopeful at that point. Yeah, yeah, we're almost done with the season, and still, no one has said anything. I mean, at this point, you know, we can make up a thought. We will have an episode in the summertime of like, where where is Rojas? We're gonna tell you where Rojas is. <laughs> 
because we need some sort of closure at this point. Nobody else is going to tell you. We're going to no. tell you. We're going to we tell you. We will decide. We will, we will make it up because at this point, with no mention of death, I'm at least happy she did not. I will not. Right. Yeah. They have to mention that somebody has, they always, for, for the most part, they will always mention like if somebody dies. So I, until we hear those words come out of anybody's mouth, she is alive and happy and doing well. Yeah. Like, why, why are they so against telling us what happened to her? Like, I, do, just, just I don't tell know. Us. I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. Just tell us. Where did she go? <laughs> I know. She just like randomly vanished off the face of the I earth. Know. Like, no, it's so where upsetting. did she go? It's so upsetting. It's so weird. But yes, so we're still waiting on the answer to that question, which we will probably never get. Mm-hmm. Unless the actress, you know, is offered a chance to come back for whatever reason. Very true. Then they'll probably tell us. Otherwise, I feel like we're just going to be wondering. It's going to be mm-hmm. one of the great mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries of the One Chicago universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a good episode of PD, though. I, it was. It was. I, um... They've given Kim a lot of focus this season, and I love it. Which, I mean, I'm never mad about that. I mean, no. Logan, you know how much I love. I mean, I love Sylvie Brett. Sylvie Brett still, I can't put them in a, I can't break out my top spot. Sylvie Brett and Kim Burgess are, like, number one for me. So, I've, with both of them in their seasons this year, I have not been mad about the storylines. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, PD is more your show than mine. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy it. But for me, the Kim episodes have always have been the strongest episodes this season, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I love the, I like the other episodes, but I feel like any episode that focuses on Kevin or that focuses on Kim has been a very, mm-hmm. very strong episode um, mm-hmm. so far this season. So I've really enjoyed it. And um, there's just, I mean, her and Kim and, Adam just have such great chemistry. Uh, I just don't. Oh, it's like it's amazing. And you know what? They need to be together and in love. And let's just make that happen. And I just, know. you know, let it stay that way. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I know. I'm so like, I'm just ready. Just, just make it happen already. It's been long enough. Please just decide. Decide what you're gonna do. Like right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I need that to happen. <laughs> yeah. I am. But no, overall, I mean, these are, have been definitely a good, solid few episodes. So, I mean, as we're headed into the finale, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> definitely stay cautious because yeah. heading into finale, finales can yeah. be anything. I mean, anything can happen. And we're probably, like with most of them, we're probably good until we get to 16 and then mm-hmm. all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be fine and happy and and you know dandy up until like the last mm, 30 mm-hmm. minutes of 16 and then we're just gonna be like what is happening mm-hmm. <laughs> why <laughs> and then we have a whole hiatus to uh get answers <sighs> yeah yeah fun times mm-hmm. we're heading into the final countdown so Oh, which I, I keep thinking of the, the final count. I'm like, that's the, the song. It's the final countdown. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It really is. It really is. And so, I mean, I know you and I are both excited because as we had discussed at the beginning of, uh, 
when we were talking about episode 11 for all of our shows is we're going to have this jam-packed May. We're going to be probably recording a lot more, releasing a lot more, just to kind of keep up with the very likely excitement we're all having for mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. four straight weeks of May content. So we're going to keep weeks? up with that. Four straight ah, weeks? This is the first time this crazy. has happened since we came back in November. Oh my, that's insane. That's four insane. It's insane. Crazy. It's crazy and so good. I'm so grateful that like the I last know. four episodes are all going to be back to back. I was so tired of those breaks in between episodes. I know. I know. <laughs> they were torture. No more breaks. Now we no get everything breaks. straight so, through to the end. So I'm just, I, we'll still have to figure out what we have to sacrifice over the summer to hopefully avoid any uh, skips over when it comes back in the fall. Because somehow this year, we just had too many specific Wednesdays of events happening that we just oh need my to gosh. figure out. Yeah, like what is with the world having major things I don't know. happen on Wednesdays? That's what I said. Can well, they we happen on to... another day of the week? I know. So that's what I said. We need to figure out what we need to sacrifice just to ensure we get a smooth next full season. Man, can some things happen on Thursdays? I know. Or Tuesday. I don't care. Just not all on Wednesday. Uh, I'm just, I get kind of jealous of the law and order people because they seem to get their shows no matter what. I know. I know. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, I think you and I have both reached the slap happy, last happy, last happy hour. It's 1130 p.m., just FYI (laughs) to people who are listening to this. We started recording at... Like, I I would say closer to five. I would say closer to five. five. And we took an hour break. Yeah, with other little breaks in between here. Other little tiny breaks in between. So, yeah, we've been going for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah. Once again, neither of us completely hoarse, so that's a win. That's true. Well, I had hot tea. Yeah. And I've been, you know, drinking on the hot tea. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. You know, I told Kim before we started, take your time because I got to get provisions. Yes. And by provisions, I mean protein to keep by my side mm-hmm. in case I need a snack mm-hmm. and hot tea mm-hmm. for my voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we go on marathon recording sessions. Yes, we do. Which is part of the reason yes, we, we want to record more often in May. Because yeah. otherwise... It would literally, we'd be talking all day if we yeah. waited. And we, we only, we have a certain limit ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Definitely can't do it more than like five hours at a time. No, no. <laughs> oh, well, this has been another mm. wonderful session, Logan. It has always mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And as always, we end with just wonderful laughter. <laughs> I know. Every day we start laughing and we end laughing. It's we do. Just how it goes. We do. We can't. We can't help it. No, we can't. We <laughs> but can't. it's also because we're probably delirious by the end. Also of every that. Episode. Also that. Though I don't think anybody's, but anybody's mad at it whatsoever. Oh, I'm doing the Chris Evans thing. I'm grabbing Yuck. my left side of my chest <laughs> when I laugh. Oh. Oh. Oh my gosh. Sorry, <sighs> that was probably an inappropriate reference, but that's I'm really okay. Kidding. We can swear on here. We're fine. Oh man. Oh no, we've sworn. We've we've yeah, we've been swearing yeah. on here before. That's happened. Yeah. We're ready to especially when uh, we're cool. Christine and Sarah make their appearances. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, oh <sighs> man. Yep, we're coming up on the on the end. If you yeah. insert the Doctor Strange gif, we're in the end game now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We are. Oh my gosh! <sighs> Especially for certain ships. Yeah. Oh. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited.
Yeah, so we're happy you all could hopefully are enjoying this listening, this long period of listening, but we know it's, at this point it's definitely two episodes, so we hope you all have enjoyed <laughs> your time here, and feel free to keep bugging us on Twitter. It's never really bugging yes, us. I say bug no. us, but we love inter- interacting with everybody, so just keep tweeting at us. Keep, yeah, any questions you have, find us Find us at Lee's Ladies Made at and Molly's. Molly's. Oh, yep. ladies, yeah, Ladies at Molly's. I, I always forget well, that. Well, the title, like, if the, the title of our page is mm-hmm. hashtag Ladies Night at Molly's, but our actual yes. handle is yep. Ladies at Molly's. Yep. Because we couldn't fit Ladies Night, Night. at Molly's yeah. In, yeah. in the yeah. handle. It was too many characters. Yeah. <laughs> so if you still so, search it, though, we yep. should come up, so. <laughs> yep, yep. So oh, find yeah. us. And mm-hmm. uh, we live tweet every Wednesday that there's an episode. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're going to come up with things to do over hiatus. Yes. Maybe find some yeah. ways to put some content out there on Wednesdays, since Wednesdays mm-hmm. are our night. We're barren Wednesdays now. Woo! Um, so, yeah, we're going to work on it. But yeah. we'll be live tweeting every episode. It'll be either me or Kim. We alternate. So, mm-hmm. be on the lookout. Yes. Oh. Yeah. This has been wonderful, Logan. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> it's always fun to talk to you. Yes. Always every is. Every time. Always is. But now it's last call. Yes, it is. And it's almost midnight. So it is time to go home. We should. Time we should probably go, go. Yes. <laughs> oh. Bye, Logan. Bye. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>